I got your bitch. Sitting down the goddamn corner doing dope. Sitting down the goddamn corner doing dope. Sitting down the goddamn corner doing dope. Corner corner doing dope. They are to be ashamed. Texas. It's Barry on Deck. Hosted by former ESPN Houston radio host and stand-up comedian Barry Laminat. Starring Oliver the Cat. Written by Barry Laminat. Produced by Barry Laminat. Directed by, you guessed it, Barry Laminat. Featuring sports, entertainment, special guests, film sessions, and some drinking. Okay, a lot of drinking. Viewer discretion is advised. And now, here's your host, Barry Laminac. 
except me i just feel like no one gives a shit what episode it is shoot my bad sorry mina dang it i already oh gosh gosh dog it all right i gotta tell you right off the rip uh christopher mina said that he was gonna be playing let's see uh where was it um where'd it go where'd it go where did it go christopher mina said at 33 minutes ago. Hey, Barry, I'm broadcasting your show here in the main hall at the brewery today. No cussing, please. And I was like, hey, I'm a professional and an adult, sir. I know how to not cuss. So what's the first thing I do? Cuss. Cuss right away. And my mic seems low. Okay, crank it up. Uh, Yeah, that's my bad. But I didn't say the F word, so that's good. That's good. Didn't say the F word. Let me see why. Uh, Oh. Is this better? Yeah, check one, two, one, two. Okay. That's weird that it didn't save. All right, well, no worries. The mic should be better now. Shut up, Houdini. Yeah, it's my bad. I And then I realized I played sitting on the corner doing dope. Okay, Houdini, you got one more B-E-R-R-Y in you, and uh, you're going to get timed out for a good long while. Don't test me today. This is not the day to test me. I'm in a good mood. We had a great show yesterday. It was a lot of fun, and I don't want to end the, the 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 stream on a bad note or the week on a bad note. So I don't want any tomfoolery. We've got a guest today. Everybody be on their best behavior. All right, we'll turn this whole show around and take us home. Okay? No tomfoolery. You know, you know. Dre. I told you, there will be, uh, there's a few rules I have. No disrespecting the host. And to call me out of my name is pure, unadulterated, disgusting disrespect, and I won't stand for it. I had to waste points timing out someone for calling you a fruit yesterday. I mean, that's not exactly how it went down. You make it sound like they called me like a slur. Okay, why is that doing that? That's not working. All right. I'm good. I'm got it. I got it. This show always starts off so rough. And I know what is, what is the, why is this not working? Why is this not working now? Hold on. How do you refresh? Let's try the chance. There we go. Okay. My goodness. All right. We have a guest today. I'm excited about this. It kind of happened and, and, and fell together quickly and last minute, but, uh, uh-oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's weird. All right. So I texted my wife at like around two o'clock ish. And I was like, hey, I love you, boo. Except I didn't type I love you. I typed in, I'll be you, boo. Look, this that's the weird that is the weirdest. I'll be you, boo. She was like, huh? 
That's creepy. What are you, some kind of serial killer? You're going to cut off my skin and transform? No, I just didn't type good. Hey, I appreciate that, Christopher Mina. Christopher Mina said, you got 15 here in the main hall watching. Where are we at? Give me details so I can give them the proper shout-outs. I don't need all names. I just give me location, give me business names, give me some of that, Mr. Mina. But hey, hi, everybody in the hall. Hello, all 15 of you. I'm sure some of you are fantastic. A couple of you are probably a-holes and jerks. That's just, I mean, that just stands to reason, right? If there's 15 of you, chances are a couple of you, nobody in that room likes. Let's be honest. Let's just put it all out there. This is a show built on honesty and love and compassion, but mostly honesty. Let's be real. Some of you in that room right now are not liked at all by anyone. They tolerate you. They put up with you. Maybe it's because you buy rounds all the time at the brewery. I don't know. Maybe it's because you're the boss and you work there and they work for you. So they have to put up with your dumb ass. But we don't know. I'm not here to judge anybody. I'm just saying hi to everybody. Some of you probably don't have a lot of friends. That's all. So, Barry, don't name the ones Mina has been talking crap about. See, I almost cursed again. But I'm a professional and right at the end... I switched it up and didn't say the curse word. Can't fool me. I mean, you can. But uh, anyways, yeah, give me give me details, uh, Mister Mean. I'd like to give a proper shout out to everybody at the brewery. Yeah, Jared said also which brewery. Yeah, that's 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 like that's like rule number one. If you're gonna do something like this for me, which I certainly do appreciate you putting me on. At the brewery, give me details. I can shout you out. In fact, it's kind of weird, isn't it, Jen? Jen has been saying we needed to do this forever. I ain't gonna lie. Jen has been in my ear. Jen has been yelling uh, that we need to go and get this show on at a lot of sports bars around town forever. And I, being me, you know what my toxic not my, my toxic trait is? Me. I'm my toxic trait. I have a lot. So I just it's easier just to say me. Uh, but yes, I have been putting this off, but she was like, Barry, we need to get you on these, there's sports bars and breweries and places all over the city that have nothing on during the day. It's all garbage programming. Chris said, I said it three times. You think I read every chat message? Don't think so. Hey, what's up, Shelly? Good to see you. I swear to God, if you spam this chat, I'll find you and I will steal your dog. Don't spam the chat, Shelly, but welcome in. How have you been? Oh, I'm just great, Shelly. Thanks for interrupting a perfectly good show with a bunch of weird questions so you can spam the chat. Um, just weird. You can always tell, you can always tell when the spammers are coming. Watch. So you're the the Jerry Jones of you, Barry. That don't make any sense. That don't that don't make any sense. Um, all right, but what's up and shout out to everybody at Platypus Brewing. Brewing? Brewing. Okay. Well, I'm just gonna make up words now. Hey, what's up to everybody over at Platypus Brewery? How house ha? I don't know. Uh, Platypus Brewing and down brewing. I keep say, I keep combining brewery and brewing like a moron. What's up to everybody at Platypus Brewing in downtown Houston? How hard is that? Oh, I'm a professional. Are you? And now I'm yelling at myself. Do you see what you've done? Uh-oh, Cisco's... Uh-oh, why is that, Cisco? Barry should do a show live from the vineyard. I'm happy to do that. 
If you're out there right now watching and you're like, Barry should do his show live from here. Let me know. I'm happy to do that. Look, at, look, at, look. I told you, look at Shelly. By the way, I follow you on Twitter. Can you follow me back? By the way, I follow you on Twitter. Can you follow me back? No. No. That's weird. That's weird. You don't just show up at somebody's show and start begging for follows. I like a brewery that serves. Uh, uh, no, not falling for that. Not, not falling for that. Yeah, we got a kind of a, a fight going on. Uh, when I was at Kroger, the owner was a, oh, okay. Oh, Amos said, you said Jerry's the problem with the Cowboys. Remember? You remember. Uh, 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 okay. Let's focus, people. We got a busy, packed day of fun and shenanigans. By the way, Homer Astros fan. <laughs> Sir, thank you for the 100 bits. Much appreciated. Mimi, thank you for resubscribing to the channel for 23 months. Love you, memesters. Love you a lot. And hey, shout out to Sensei Bullrog. We weren't on the show 14 hours ago. While we weren't even on air, he gave us a shout out to his 52 viewers. Always dope. Sensei Bullrog is always doing that. Showing love to the channel and to the show. Even when we're not on air. He comes and hangs out with us in the chat, but he also shows love and shares our, uh, our quest, our journey. With his community, so that's super dope. I appreciate that. Thank you, Sensei Bullrug. Um, what is this? It's around the corner from where we were Saturday. Okay, nice. Not many of the breweries around here serve it. Just beer and... Okay. What's up, Green Means Ma? At a live show, we could all yell back at you. I, I, and we're not doing live shows now. Yeah, way to run it. Way to run it, Green Means Ma. I was all ready to do a show. Now you want to just sit there and heckle? I don't think so. All right, let's lock it up, people. We got a lot to do. We're late. We've only got a two-hour show today-ish. Started late. Had some things come up. But I got to say, four shows this week. What? Hello. Yo, P. Randizzle. Oh, my goodness. Thank you, sir. P. Randizzle coming in with a thousand biddies, sir. Thank you for the support. Good to see you, homie. Good to see you as always. Uh, I loved, by the way, loved, loved, loved the picture of you delivering a plant and that woman in it. That was fantastic. It was great. I loved that. That just, I don't know why, but that just made me smile. It really did. It made me smile a lot. Yo, DJ Maddie, what's up, pimpin'? DJ Maddie checking in in the chat with the 69 bits. 69, I like uh, it's get to know your customers day. Hi, my name is Matt and I'm addicted to HEB, Amazon and Walmart. There you go. Good for you, buddy. Hope you're not out here doing naughty things. Hey man, I'll give you a handy in the parking lot for an Amazon gift card. Don't do that. Maybe seek help. I don't know. Um, <laughs> Cisco said, Hey, Mina, play the show on speaker. Ah, that's nice. That's nice. Mina, bring Barry in for a live show. I'll do it. Don't threaten me with a good time. Oh, that would really suck. Have to go out to Platypus Brewing and and drink beer. Delicious, delicious beer and do a show. Yo, Sensei Borok, I was just talking about you, man. I just gave you a shout out. Well, I, I said thank you. I don't know if the mods gave you a shout out or not. Probably not. They're 
they're lacking. But uh, thank you for the shout out on your show uh, yesterday, man. I was telling everybody how nice you are and kind you are to always, always be sharing uh, the the Barry on Deck channel and and love with your community. So thank you, man. Much appreciated. I'm trying to type you in a shout out right now. There we go. Somebody got it. Thank, thank you, guys. All right, guys. Busy show today. We've got to cover the divisional round of the NFL. I make my picks. We'll look at the Laminator 5000. For those of you new to the program, maybe you're, I don't know, watching in a brewery and have never heard of this show before. Let me introduce myself. Hi. I got that made me weird. That made me feel weird. Uh, but anyways, let me introduce myself to the folks watching at the brewery and and the newbies joining in uh, in the chat or maybe watching. Uh, my name is Barry Laminac. I uh, spent ten years, yeah, ten years on ESPN Radio here in Houston, Texas. Back on again, back on again, and um, yeah, I'm a uh, nationally touring stand up comedian. I have a. Uh, a TV show here in town on CW 39 called Sports Saturday, which you can watch every Saturday night at 9.30 right after the CW 39 news. I have a show called Game On, which you can listen to on ESPN Radio every Thursday from 6 to 7. I have this show, which is Barry on Deck at Sports and Whatnot. Also, uh, like I said, nationally touring stand-up comedian. I have a dry bar special out. If you want to go to the dry bar app or the dry bar website, you can watch it there. That's it. I, this, is just, this is what I do. Fun and shenanigans uh, that involve sports. So welcome to everybody. Um, by the way, rundown for the day. Show show prep for the day. Here we go. Okay, a lot of drinking. Viewer discretion is advised. And now, here's your host, Barry Laminac. Have I Have I mentioned Have I mentioned how much I absolutely hate technology have i mentioned in the last oh i don't know 10 12 50 days four years how much i hate haven't hey everybody in the brewery earmuffs i hate this shit i hate this shit so much i don't i oh my god you know When I do other shows, not my own, I don't have to worry about it. 
I don't have to worry about it. This is not my problem. But for some reason, when I do this show, I have to, I mean, obviously, it's a one-man show. There's no producer. There's no nothing. And the burden of all the technology and the, it just, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I was in a good mood. We were having fun. We were vibing. I could feel it. Even the even the two weird people at the brewery were into it. It was great. And I ain't going to lie to you. I was in a great mood. I'm super excited about the guest that we have coming on the show today. Um, but I lost my mojo. It always happens. It never fails. It never fails when this show is doing something cool or new or different or fun. Something inevitably happens to ruin the moment, uh, ruin the experience. And then if now... Uh, I'll never hear the end of it with you guys and your dumbass jokes. Oh, maybe kid is on the thing. Ha. Oh, yeah, that's hilarious. It's so funny when you have all of your hopes and dreams tied up into one raggedy ass show. Okay. This is all you got in life is one show. And anytime you get a chance to do something cool with that show, bad shit happens, and then it becomes a joke. Oh, I hate my life right now. Oh, my God. I'm just going to do a show today, and I'm closing the chat. Uh, and I'm closing the chat over here as well because I don't need to see it right now. So no chat today for me. No thanks. Um So here's what here's the deal. Here's what we're gonna do. All right, we're gonna get through this goddamn show because I'm gonna I'm gonna do four fucking shows this week, no matter what. I'm doing four fucking shows this week because I'm tired of not being able to do four goddamn shows a week because of lights or internet or computer or weather or whatever the fuck else causes this show to not be on the air. Because when I'm not on the air, can't grow, can't make money, can't fucking do it. So I'm doing four shows today, just on f- fucking principle. We're gonna do it, all right? And I'm gonna I'm gonna get my mood right because I am so I was so excited about this fucking show because at the last second I was able to get a badass guest to join me because the big hullabaloo around the sports world over the last 24 to 48 hours has been this pro football focused nonsense. We talked about it on the show yesterday. Uh, where, you know, the, uh, JJ Watt came out and I showed you his tweet and we looked at the, the ratings and stuff like that, comparing Jordan Love and CJ Stroud, who had identical box scores, but pro football focus rated them completely different. One got a 90 plus one got a 77 and JJ Watt was like, see, this is why these ratings are stupid. And it, and it resonated. And there's a lot of things that he said made a lot of sense. And when people, that play the sport say that, you know, these grades are dumb because of X, Y, and Z. You kind of sit up and take notice. Well, pro football focus got defensive. They came out and said a few things in, in defense of their rating system and why Stroud's number was less despite them having the same box score, which I thought was interesting. I think you need to look at it, at least with an open mind. It's tough to do as a fan. Fans don't want to hear the truth. 
And fans don't want to be told things they don't want to hear. So I was uh I was on uh I was on Twitter today, just kind of perusing and, and looking for show content as I usually do on different sources. <clears throat> uh Twitter's one of them because I like to see what uh what's the big scuttlebutt. What are people talking about? What's the big goings on? And um, you know, that's how different talking points will come up or different topics of conversation. Well, I ran across a guy named Marcus Whitman who has a YouTube channel called That Franchise Guy. Um, and uh, his Twitter handle is uh, that TFG underscore football, That Franchise Guy Football. And um, he had a whole video where he broke down, and he doesn't do pro football focus grades. But what he did do was break down every single drop back for Jordan Love and C.J. Stroud. And he kind of graded them and ended up coming up with a similar grade that Pro Football Focus ended up having and for similar reasons. And so what I thought might be cool was to bring in somebody that does analytical stuff like that. Because, y'all know, I don't do that. I don't do that. I don't, I've don't. i never claimed to be an X's and O's guy. I've never claimed to be a, hey, I'm going to watch the All-22 and break down a Tampa 2, and uh, I don't do that. I mean, I know some. I know very little. I know just enough to make myself look stupid. But I thought it'd be cool to have a guy on that's done that, um... And, and have a discussion with him. And, it, hey, it might be a hurtful discussion. Maybe we don't want to hear what he has to say. Maybe we don't want to hear the truth. But in nonetheless, I thought it would be great to have it. And maybe we make some points and counterpoints. Maybe we, maybe we argue a little bit back and forth about what it is and what it isn't. And is this good or bad or indifferent? And he agreed to come on. His name is Marcus Whitman at TG at TFG underscore football on Twitter. He's got his YouTube channel, that franchise guy. Uh, he does a lot of great stuff that if you're a football fan, you'd want to consume. Here is, let's see. That freaked me out. He was opening his YouTube channel and it was him talking. And I was like, what the shit is he here? Um, this is his YouTube channel, that franchise guy. And he's got a lot of different uh, videos. Let's see. Let me zoom out here. There we go. So uh, here's the video he made about how does this happen in regards to pro football focuses grades on similar box scores. But he'll do a lot of stuff. He's got a podcast that he does. Uh, he'll do first looks at like Caleb Williams and Drake May and Jaden Daniels. And uh, he does power rankings. He does scouting reports. A lot of stuff, man. And he's really into it. And uh, oh, I'm not showing it. There we go. And the one, you know, he does a lot of cool stuff. So he's got his first looks. He's got his scouting reports. Um, and he's doing a great job. He's got a ton of great content. So I thought it would be cool to have somebody that, you know, does this type of grading in a similar fashion on and, and discuss in a mature and adult way, at least, um, what we're seeing and why we're seeing that and why is this such a big deal and a huge issue. So that'll, that'll occur at four o'clock today. So in about 30 minutes, uh, Marcus Whitman is going to join me uh, and that'll be a good time. Well, I'm going to have a chat. Um, not doing it, not doing it. And I, I feel bad for the rant and the anger, but sometimes it just happens. And now I'm looking and I don't see any of the slides that I made. So that's always neat. That's fun. Uh, let's get in here uh, because I have a bunch of sports headlines for you. But what we'll do. Uh, let's see. You don't need that. Okay. Mm 
Let's see if this will get added. There we go. Uh, so we'll talk. We've got about 30 minutes left in the day before or in the in the show before he joins us. Uh, so let's do some sports headlines. Let's see where they go. There we go. Let's get some sports headlines in. I'll give you some thoughts on some of the things we're seeing. Uh, and then we'll jump into perhaps some some divisional round playoff discussions. Uh, and again, Marcus is going to join us for about 15 to 20 minutes. So Marcus Whitman will be here for about 15 to 20 minutes uh, talking uh, <clears throat> pro football focus grading systems. And are they fair? And um, should we care? Because that's kind of the other question I was thinking about. As fans and, you know, JJ and others got really got worked up over what? Like, why Why was everybody so, so upset? Was there a reason? I mean, so what did a bunch of uh, 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 tech nerds, a bunch of stat nerds sat around and didn't agree on something or, or graded something a certain way? Is that, I mean, it's certainly not the end of the world. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I, I think there might've been an overreaction in, in some way, uh, on our part as well. And, and maybe not, I don't know, but we can discuss that as well. So, uh, let me see here. Hold on. Let me make sure. Okay. Good deal. All right. So, here we go. Here's some more headlines. I didn't see the slide there. There we go. All right, here's sports headlines for the day. Uh, this first one was a shock to me. It, it, it stunned me to see this. Cowboys coach Mike McCarthy is going to be returning to the Cowboys next season. I just, I did not see this result coming. I did not think this would be the case. I felt, I, I was, I, I felt strongly in, in my conviction that this was going to be the end. When you have a collapse of, of that magnitude in the playoffs, it's time to figure it out. It's time to maybe do something different, but Jerry says he feels like he can win with Mike McCarthy. He thinks they're close. And a lot of people on, uh, I posted a, a rant uh, or a video a day or two ago, yesterday, as a matter of fact, my bad, yesterday, where I talked about the fact that maybe it's time, uh, we talked about it on the show on Monday, maybe it's time for Jerry to step aside and let somebody else take over that knows football and, and football operations and let them do what they do. And a lot of people were like, eh, Why? Everything's great. They have one of the best, uh, uh, and, and we even have people in the chat. They have one of the best um, rosters in football. They have they have a ton of talent. They had what nine Pro Bowlers or something like that, or not even all Pro players. And the and the question is, okay. But if you're only concerned about winning regular season division titles, then great. Don't make a change. Because, yes, Mike McCarthy is killing it in the regular season. It's getting into the postseason where he is not doing well. And the same could be said for Mike Tomlin. But here's what I would say is different between the two. 
I don't think anyone looks at that Steelers roster. In fact, uh, we had a slide on here uh, a while back about pro, uh, all pro NFL by team. Um, and and my 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 point would be, I'd be willing to bet you that the Steelers didn't have nearly the number of players that were first team, second team, third team, all pro uh, that, that that the Cowboys did. And so I would love to see what Mike Tomlin, you know, would do in the playoffs with a, with a ton of talent on his roster. Um, I don't know. I don't know. He certainly doesn't have the quarterback for it. Mason Rudolph in the playoffs. And you want to get mad at Mike Tomlin? I don't know. But Jerry says, hey, we're bringing him back. We're running it back. We're going to do it again. And then, of course, Stephen A. Smith took the opportunity to to make a clip. And quite frankly, I don't blame him. Um, just mad I didn't get to do it first. But no, Stephen A. Smith loses his mind. And he's like, what do you mean? Because McCarthy in his, in his uh, press conference says, hey, look, I'm confident that we can win. We have a we have a championship team. We just need to go out and do it. And it's like you don't have a championship team though, bro. You you lose in the playoffs. That's not a championship team. That's a regular season championship team. So that's uh I don't know. So um that's a stunner. Cowboys bringing back Mike McCarthy was an absolute stunner to me. What Jerry is basically saying is that either it's a money decision, which I doubt. Jerry's like, well, I don't want to have to pay him for another year if he's not going to be here. I don't think that's how Jerry Jones operates. What what bringing back Mike McCarthy says is that you don't think there's anybody out there on the open market that you could go and get that's a better head coach than Mike McCarthy. That's what you're saying by not making a move. You're saying you'd rather have Mike McCarthy than Bill Belichick. You're saying you'd rather have Mike McCarthy than Mike Vrabel. You're saying you'd rather have Mike McCarthy than Aaron Glenn or Bobby Slowick or a, a pl- a, any number of the names we've seen mentioned and, and batted about. You're saying you'd rather have Mike McCarthy than letting him go and promoting Dan Quinn, which I would agree with. And I'm saying, bro, there's plenty of names out there that deserve a shot that could probably energize that locker room and energize that fan base. I can't imagine that Cowboy fans are thrilled right now. I can't imagine. I mean, this is not, look, this it's nowhere near as bad as it was in Houston. When they bottomed out, hit rock bottom, and went through the David Cully, Lovey Smith era after the Bill O'Brien era, which, by the way, the Bill O'Brien era was hanging NFC South championship banners year after year. Yay. It means nothing, but they did it. And, uh, you know, Bill O'Brien ran this franchise into the ground and eventually uh, it, it succumbed to his foolishness. But the fact is, it wasn't the worst period in Texans history. But, of course, the David Cully, Lovey Smith era got bad. It got so bad, in fact, people stopped going to the games. And in Houston, you got to be a pretty bad football program for people to stop going to a football game. 
So for the Texans, it was, man, we've got to have a monumental shift. We have to do some drastic things for this franchise to get it turned around. I don't think the Cowboys are there because they do have a talented roster. They just need to get better football people in the building. And then let those football people decide, is Dak the guy? Can I win with Dak? But right now, it's just like, well, let's do it. Let's run it back. Let's run it back and see what happens. That makes no sense. We know what's going to happen. We know exactly what's going to happen. I'd switch it up. That just That's just me, though. Uh, and speaking of that, Steelers Mike Tomlin is expected is expecting an offseason extension to his deal. So we go from, you got a year left, are you worried? We go from fans not wanting Mike Tomlin to, now he expects to get an extension. Whether that's going to be true or not, I have no idea. I really don't know. Um, the, the interesting thing would be, it's baffling the dynamics going on in in Pittsburgh when you're going to be mad at a guy who can't win with Mason Rudolph or whatever guys they've been running through there since big Ben. That's weird. I get it. You're used to having an elite quarterback an elite wide receiver and running back for that matter. They were loaded at the, at the primary three on offense. They really were and defense. Pittsburgh's always had a good roster and, Quite frankly, they're they're mid right now. And Tomlin, I think, is making chicken salad out of chicken shit. He's getting the best he can out of what he's got. So I, I'm but I'm I'm glad and it makes sense that Pittsburgh's not doing anything drastic despite some upheaval by the fans. And I didn't know this. Uh the other day when I was watching the Pat McAfee show and JJ Watt was on there, they asked him about Mike Tomlin. They asked him about Pittsburgh, and he said, Look, I got no Dog in this fight, I, I don't know that locker room that well. I mean, I know guys in the room. I know uh, uh, Mike Tomlin, he goes, and I know people love playing for him, and he's a hell of a football coach. And uh, what I found out, and I don't know if it was J.J. that said it or if somebody else said it, but there was a clause in T.J. Watt's contract that says he'll sign, and but he only wants to play for Mike Tomlin. That's a ringing endorsement. We have one of the greatest defensive the uh, end players in football saying, I want to play for him. That's a hell of an endorsement. And it's apparently that's how it is throughout the locker room. So you can dismiss that if you want, and you can say that doesn't matter because he's not winning, but it does matter. And then the question came up during Mike Tomlin's um, uh, press conference, was it yesterday, that it was like, well, what are you going to do about people are saying, yeah, we love you, Mike, we want you back. And this is the players inside the locker room saying it. But they're like, we love you, Mike, we want you back, but there needs to be more discipline on this team. And I think that is is different, right? Because Tomlin is likable, and I think he's more tolerant, and he put up with some bullshit and I think what they're saying is, hey, we can't do that. We got to get rid of some of the riffraff in this locker room that are not doing their part and not pulling their weight and, quite frankly, messing up and doing dumb shit that they, 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 is holding us back from a football perspective. And we need Mike to discipline them. And, you know, Mike being Mike, he's probably like, eh, we'll figure it out. But he's, he owned it. He's like, yeah, no, I listen. All these exit interviews are important. 
and I take them all serious and I, I try to listen and make changes as necessary. So we'll see. We'll see if Pittsburgh gets more disciplined on field and off. But Tomlin expects an extension. Speaking of uh, hires and fires, Cliff Kingsbury expected to interview for the Bears job, uh, offensive coordinator position. And that'll be interesting. As you know, Kingsbury left Texas Tech to go to Arizona, did not have a ton of success, considered an offensive guru. I wouldn't say genius, but considered an offensive guru and having a good offensive mind. I wonder, and that's an interesting move, and I'm not saying that they hire Kingsbury. But the question then, if you're Justin Fields, how do you feel? If you're the Bears fan base, how do you feel? If you're DJ Moore, how do you feel? Because, man, you're getting a really good offensive dude, and let's see, what did he do? In Arizona, he really liked Kyler Murray. He went out and got him. That was his guy. And I'm not saying that Justin Fields and Kyler Murray are the same. Their their styles are certainly not identical, but some of the intangibles and some of the things they bring to the table are. And so, I don't know. If if they hire Cliff Kingsbury, is that a ringing endorsement for Justin Fields as a mobile QB, does he think he can win with him? Or is Kingsbury going to go, yeah, no, I saw this movie in Arizona. I'm hitching my wagon to that again. No thanks. So we'll see. But Kingsbury interviewed. Doesn't mean he's getting the job, but he did interview for it. Also, Reba McIntyre is going to sing at the Super Bowl. <laughs> I guess I guess football fans didn't get enough of Dolly Parton. <sighs> so. I gotta admit, the Dolly Parton thing was super creepy. It it it, it had a very weekend at Bernie's vibe. It had a very like, hey, I'm Dolly Parton. I'm I'm a marionette of Dolly Parton. It was it was it was kind of creepy. I mean, it's good to see her still out there kicking, but it was creepy. And so I guess they really loved it. It was it created a lot of hubbub. But I swear to God, if they put Reba McIntyre and some Daisy Dukes in a crop top. Uh, I'm out. No thanks. Don't need that. All I need you to do is put Reba McIntyre, center stage, 50-yard line, hand her a mic, and let her beg for fancy not to let her down. And that's all I want out of it. And then let's skedaddle. Let's get out of there. I don't need her gyrating. I don't need her dancing. She's already redheaded. That weirds me out. Let's not make it worse. Please. I think Post Malone was on there as well. Um, I, I saw, I don't know who all was on there, but yeah, Reba McIntyre are going to be doing some singing uh, during the Super Bowl. Uh, here's some more sports headlines for you. Arizona Cardinals, speaking of, uh, had some layoffs in the front office. Usually when you have layoffs in the front office uh, or at a, at a, in a business, and, and and let's let's be real clear. This is not coaches and players getting fired. Uh, let me pull it up here. This is more like, oh, we had to let Tammy and accounting go. Oh, we had to let Frank over an HR go. Like, what is happening? Are they hemorrhaging money as a business that they've got to do this? 
kind of weird. Uh, let me see if I can find. Uh, Harbaugh Andrews. Ah, here we go. Uh, a day before the Arizona Cardinals moved the majority of their non-football operations out of their longtime practice facility into a nearby workspace. They laid off three high-ranking employees at the vice president level or above. You know what that sounds like? You know what that reads like? Hey, we forgot to make offices for y'all. Our bad. Well, that's okay. I could just stay in a temperate. Nah, we're just going to let you go. Because then we don't have the build-out cost or your salary. Yeah, but no, I, I really, I don't mind. I, 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 I can work from home. Nah, it's okay. This isn't all. There were under 10 departures throughout various departments on the business side. Chief Financial Officer Greg Lee, who had been in the position for almost 15 of his nearly 18 years with the team, was the highest ranking executive to be let go. Their CFO. <clears throat> Mike uh, Iaquinta, VP of Business Development, had been with the team for 15 years. And Tim Delaney, VP of Digital Content and creative, who was a 16-year vet, was also laid off. Uh, now, let's let's just stop from a business perspective and analyze what this says. Their finances are screwed. Their business development is screwed. That's usually what? Sales and marketing. And their digital content and creative landscape is screwed. What? That's pretty much the whole business. Steve Ryan, the Cardinals Senior Vice President for Cooperative Partnerships. God, let's just make up jobs for people. I am the Senior VP, which means there's also a VP. Not just, Jesus, Senior VP for uh, Corporate Partnerships. You couldn't just get somebody. It will leave on his own later this offseason after 20 years with the team. It just sounds like dudes were Cadillacking because the Cardinals have been a joke for a long time. Layoffs also include two members of the Cardinals' social media team. Uh, team held a meeting with its business development, content marketing, and uh, in an auditorium practice facility when the employees were moving to the new facility. During the meeting, the message from new chief operating officer Jeremy Walls was that jobs of those employees in attendance were safe. And then they're looking around like, where's Bobby? Did he call in sick today or is he out? And, you know, like most of us, they were like, well, I don't care. As long as I'm in here, whatever. So pretty interesting. We'll see. I know that that's been a been an organization in turmoil and disarray for a while. So uh, Miami tight end Cam McCormick has been granted a ninth year of eligibility. Cam McCormick has been granted a ninth year of eligibility to play at the University of Miami. Cam, uh, in a speech, thanked his grandkids um, and said that he looks forward to uh, getting senior discounts as part of his NIL deal. Oh, nine years? You played almost a decade in college football? Uh, it says 
Miami Titan Cam McCormick confirmed Thursday he'll be returning for play to the Hurricanes in 2024, his ninth season in college football. McCormick began his career at Oregon way back in 2016. Imagine that for a second. He started his college career in 2016. By the way, how's this dude, what is he doing? This reminds me of that uh, uh, Tommy Boy scene where they're like, a lot of guys go to college for eight years. Yeah, they're called doctors. Y'all give it up for Dr. Cam McCormick, tight end. McCormick began his career in 2016, missed significant parts of four different seasons due to injury, which along with his redshirt year and the COVID year of 2020 allowed him to petition the NCAA for an unprecedented ninth season of eligibility. McCormick announced the return on X. The tagline, the pursuit of excellence has no goal line. Mm, Should have an age limit. Let's be real. Uh, Let's be real, old man. Let's be real. There should be an age limit on how old you can be and play college football. I'm blessed uh, that it was me to go through it because a lot of people would have folded under the pressure, both mentally and physically. But it's pushed me to be a better person, a teammate, everything. I've learned so much from every year and everything I've had to overcome. It's just weird. How old is this dude? Let's see. Uh, Let me click on his player profile. How old is Cam McCormick? Cam McCormick is... (laughs) What I think is funny is that it says he's senior. Yeah, no shit he's a senior. He's a senior citizen. You know how sometimes you hear like, oh, he's a redshirt freshman. He's a fifth-year senior. He's a ninth-year senior. What? A ninth-year redshirt senior. He's a senior citizen. That's that's what that is. He's not. That's insane. That is insane. Uh, it doesn't say on ESPN how old he is. Here's um. Oh, actually, here's some. Here's a, a still frame from a, a old picture let me see. Uh, let's see how do I do this uh here's a here's here's here if you don't know who he is um this is uh the ninth year cam McCormick right here that's him that's game footage from this past season um I believe that was the one and only pass he caught before they uh, had to put him in a home. So, Cam McCormick. How old is this dude? Cam McCormick. Let's see. Uh, He's 25. He's 25. That's so old. Oh, my God. That's wild. That's unbelievably wild. 25 years old. All right, rest of this all-star voting um, has entered the final days, and I believe you can vote at NBA.com. You can also view the results at NBA.com, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Let me see here. Okay, why is the NBA site not secure? That's a little sus. That's a little sus. Giannis LeBron, there we go. Third all-star leaders. Here we go. Here is the voting. Oh, my gosh. No, I don't want to vote. I don't want to vote for any of these yahoos. 
Just put all rockets on the team. I'm just talking for Tony the Handsome right now. Uh, <clears throat> um, here you go. LeBron James and Giannis and Dedekumpo lead their respective conferences in the third fan uh, in the third fan returns of NBA All Star voting. Western conferences: LeBron, Nikola Jokic, Kevin Durant, Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, Alperin Shingun. Let's go! My boy Al P up there. Yeah, baby. Uh, Paul George, Victor Webmanyama, Chet Holmgren, and DeMontis Sabonis. Round out your top 10 front court players. Uh, let's see. Let's get the whole kit and caboodle. There we go. Open image and new tab. There we go. Uh, your guards are Luca, Steph Curry, Shea Gilgis, Al- Shea Gilgis Alexander, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Anthony Edwards, uh, De'Aaron Fox, uh, John Morant, Devin Booker, and Austin Reeves. Over in the East, Giannis, biggest vote-getter of the whole dang thing. Joel Embiid is second, Jason Tatum third, Jimmy Butler, Jalen Brown, Christophe Porzingis, Bam Adebayo, uh, Paolo Banchero, Banchero, uh, Julius Randle, and Mikhail, Mikhail Bridges. Uh, your guards in the East, Tyrese Halliburton, Trey Young, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Tyrese Maxey, Jalen Brunson, Derek White, LaMelo Ball, Drew Holiday, and DeMar DeRozan. So there's all your big, big-time uh, vote-getters. Oh, that got close. I'm curious. I wanted to see something. Let's, let's, uh, let's clock in here. Going to be joined in just a smidge. Just an absolute second going to be joined by Marcus Whitman to talk about pro football focus grades and and C.J. Stroud and Jordan Love. So don't go anywhere. That's going to be outstanding. Really looking forward to getting him on the program and talking about that. Uh, let's see. Do you, stats. There we go. I wanted to look at NBA stats and just kind of see, does this hold up? Um, with what we're seeing in the, uh, in the NBA. LeBron James is the second highest vote getter, um, in the NBA. The Lakers are currently 21 and 21. And LeBron James is currently ranked 19th in scoring. Meanwhile, Joel Embiid, Luca, and Giannis are all top three in scoring and, uh, you know, standings-wise. Uh, how's Philly, Milwaukee, and Dallas doing well? Milwaukee is two, Philly is three, and uh, the, the, the Mavs are, well, they're seven. So, I don't know. It's a typical all-star vote, right? Typical all-star vote in that, if you're one of the greatest players to have ever played, you're still going to make all-stars. Even if you're not one of the top players in basketball right now. Well, what do you do? Uh, last thing, sad note from the world of sports. Uh, the Warriors game for the Mavs, their second game in a row, I do believe. Second game in a row for the Warriors has been postponed uh, due to the death of their um, one of their coaches, Dion Milo, uh, Milojevic, uh, he had a heart attack and passed away. And the Warriors had uh, postponed a game already because of the 
uh, heart attack, and then unfortunately he passed away. So no game with the Mavs. They'll make the games up later, obviously. Um, but just sad news out of the NBA, man. That's uh, that's a tough deal. That's a tough deal. And and you know these organizations are tight. And when stuff like that happens, boy, it can it can it can uh, it can have an effect on guys. And having to go out and play under those circumstances, having to go out there and and ball when you have a a teammate or a a coach or a, a you know somebody in your organization that maybe you're close to that's passed away. That's a tough deal, man. Uh, so yeah. Uh, all right, so yeah, Marcus Whitman gonna join me here uh, shortly. I'm looking forward to this. You might know him as the franchise guy on YouTube where he has a fantastic channel where he breaks down football. Uh, he's got a Patreon. He's active, super active content creator, football content creator. So uh, looking forward to that. Going to be a lot of fun. Uh, he's getting his mic and camera set up, and we'll get to that. Uh, really quickly, I wanted to. Oh, where did it go? Okay, I've lost it. it. Let's see here. Um. Yeah, we'll wait on that. And in fact, that's what we'll do is I'll I'll do we'll go over the Laminator five thousand, um, my picks and what the spreadsheet and our formulas are telling us as far as wagering, and then we'll just do straight up picks. Um, and I'll tell you who I have in each of these matchups. Not a good week last week, by the way, for straight up picks. I, I didn't do well, and it was for me my logic. I think was um, riding the hot hand for some guys, not taking weather into account or seriously enough. And also, you know, there's always just being stupid, uh, just a, just a dumbass. So um, all those combined for a really rough two and four wild card weekend, pick them. Um, but um, still holding in well. On the uh, on the laminator five thousand. Let me see here. Uh, like I said, we'll go over the picks for the uh, our laminator five thousand. Let me see. For those of you who knew the program, don't know. It's just a. I came up with this formula that I've been working on, and over time, um, this year we had a down year on it, but we hit fifty percent. Um, let's see. Right, at, we're at fifty point two, fifty point three percent. Uh, my picks, and then the spreadsheet itself was under at 49.4. Disappointing compared to last year when both myself and the spreadsheet were hitting 55. But the over-under this year, if you were using those, 61.7% of the time, uh, our low formulas got the over-under right this year. Pretty damn good. Uh, But we'll see how it does for the divisional round. All right, I think we're good. Let me check here in the green room. Um, I see we've got audio, no video. Let's see. Yep, Marcus, if you can hear me, bud, I can, uh, I see your audio, but I don't see your video. So, uh, try that and we'll be good to go. Let's see here. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Uh, Okay. I feel really stupid about that. My wife, I texted my wife and I said, oh, I see you now, buddy. Oh, look at that. Look at that handsome man. All right. Uh, you good to go. I see the mic looks like it's working. I may have to pod the mic down a bit. Might be. I think I had to spike it up because my mom's dumb microphone sucked as I have my mom as a guest. Don't judge me, Marcus. Don't you dare judge me. 
All right, uh, joining me on the program right now, ladies and gentlemen, super excited about this. As you know, this week, last couple of days, a lot of hullabaloo, a lot of uh, talk amongst football folk about what is pro football focus all about. Is it is it accurate? J.J. Watt hates it. Um, you know, and, and I, I, I gave my two cents on it yesterday. It was a resource that I used for a while uh, when I was doing radio. But you kind of you kind of have to. I don't know, accept it for what it is. But there are a lot of folks, and, and specifically a lot of players in the NFL, past and present, that think it was, well, for lack of a better word, bullshit. So J.J. Watt led the charge, and all the players came behind him, uh, patting him on the back and agreeing. And Pro Football Focus came out and, and had their own defense of their ratings. And then I saw Marcus Whitman on Twitter, who made a YouTube video for his channel, uh, The Franchise Guy. And I uh, highly recommend you go follow if you're a football fan. Go hit him up at the franchise guy. And uh, it was, by the way, I need to change this. Marcus, I got to apologize to you for a second. Let me let me just do this. Hold on. Let me see here. Let me. Ugh. This makes me so angry. Um, let's see. Uh, all right, I'll explain why this is all going down like this in just a second, Marcus. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, please help me welcome to the show Marcus Whitman. <laughs> Uh, the franchise guy, Marcus. What's hey, up, man? Hey, how's it going? <sighs> it's Thanks going. For having me on, Barry. Yeah, hey, no worries, man. Uh, I've had better days. I ain't gonna lie to you. It has been an absolute nightmare today. Um, I know you. You're a full time content creator, right? Yes, full time up on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, and so you know the struggles and trials and tribulations of uh, doing something like this uh, on the on the daily, right? On the reg. How, how often are you pumping out content uh, on the uh, franchise guy YouTube channel? Anywhere from two to four videos in a in a week. So yeah, I mean it's it's um that's probably the worst part of it all is dealing with the technical difficulties and when something's not working, you're like, oh my god, it, it, you just can't get an answer. Yeah. Well, you have a podcast that you do as well. Um, you have, you know, you have your, obviously your Patreon where you're uploading content. Uh, you have a ton of stuff. And so, yeah, you, you kind of understand that when there's problems. So dude, I don't know if you were watching, but I lost my shit. I lost yeah, There's that every creator. And I do this show live four days a week. And so I, you know, I come from radio. I do this now. I have an IT background, but you know how this stuff works. There's just so much that can go wrong, especially when mm. you're live. I was excited, bro. I was, you would agree to join and this is going to be a fun day. And then I use vMix to stream live and it died. It just, that mm. not even like airman, just quit. Just like my ex-wife just left gone. <laughs> Nothing there. I was I so pissed, you, but I was like, we're going to do this. Cause I, this is a, this is a fantastic topic and I can't wait to get your two cents on it. So let's get into it without further ado. And, also, just just so you know, I had names for you and me, and that's why I had to change the the Twitter handle because none of that got saved when it died. So that's why I was like looking down, going, "Oh shit, this is my old guest's info here." So that's <laughs> so. Nonetheless, Marcus, let's talk about. It. First of all, give the folks a little bit about yourself, uh, a little background on what you do, kind of the content you that you create. You're an NFL analyst for both, you know, NFL and draft. But tell the folks mm -hmm. what you do and and where you do it at. Yeah, so I'm doing full-time year-round NFL analysis, draft analysis over on my, my YouTube channel. Um, I actually got my start, um, you know, learn a lot about football working for PFF. So I have a lot of background kind of with how the tools work, how the company works, how things go. So I definitely come from, um, I think, a 
a, a specific perspective on uh, what, what we're going to talk about today. But uh, yeah, that's that's kind of a little bit about my channel. Yeah, and you you do a lot of draft analysis as well, right? Uh, player profiles and first looks, so it's dope, dude. You do you have a, you're pumping out a lot of good content. So let's. How did you get started at Pro Football Focus? How was that? Did you? Had you always been like a numbers applied. guy? Oh, you just applied? Yeah, yeah just applied out of college. Um, they have a, you know, I get the, uh, one of the most common questions I get is like, how do you get into sports? And I think it's actually a great, you know, answer for a lot of people because it's an opportunity where you don't have to have connections. They will open up the door for anybody. Um, to kind of teach yourself the process and show that you are willing to kind of take the time to do games. And then if you're accurate enough, you're almost guaranteed to get the job as long as you, you, you know, don't have criminal background or completely flunk a, a, a brief interview. So um, as someone that was looking to get into the, the sports side of things, it, it was a good start for me. How do they grade you on the accuracy? What is it? Is it, do they have like a, um, um, I've heard about, I think, I don't know if it was you or somebody else that mentioned a 400 page manual of, <laughs> I mean, is that how they grade you? It's like, well, we're going to go back so, and check your grades with our senior guys. Um, yeah. So what I was mentioning was the 400 page. That's the actual like grading process. Um, and I actually haven't gotten through that whole process because by the, you have to kind of be with the company for a year or two, show that you're really good. And then they'll invite you to kind of do the actual player grades. Um, and by the time I got to that point, my YouTube channel was doing well and I, I didn't nice. want to spend my whole summer doing a, a, you know, player grading training. So um, that is for their, their player grading. But when you, when you first are applying, it's for some of their other processes where it's older games um, you know, whether it's charting, like who's on the field, what their assignment was, um, it's called player participation is that process there. But um, yeah, they'll, they'll kind of just, they have a, a correct answer key because it's an older game. And then oh, gotcha. they just run their, they just run your final, they have you do the older game to see how you do. And then they just run it against gotcha. that. So walk me through, um, I mean, you have a great YouTube and a, a video about this. I'm going to post the link to it in the chat because we're obviously not going to be able to do it. What you did in this video um, was great in that you basically went pass for pass, drop back for drop back, drop back for drop back, as you said, um, comparing the two, every single play. Because I think that's what people are up in arms about is talk mm. a little bit about the misconceptions of it, right? Because I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, I always try to take my fandom out of it when I've done this. I always did that when I was on ESPN here in Houston. I, I'm a Texans fan, but I'm very objective. People will tell you I maybe almost skew too much uh, to hating on the team just so I don't appear to be too much of a fanboy. Mm -hmm. But people get defensive about this stuff, man. So at a high level first, let's just talk about is this – when you see a box score that identical, do you understand why fans are like, how is this possible? And give us a 50,000-foot level of, of, of why it's possible. Yeah, it was crazy. I and mean, you, you got so many things going on because, let, let's face it, you know, C.J. Stroud defenders are very loud because of the whole, um, you know, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud thing. So you've already got C.J. Stroud fans feeling like everyone hates C.J. Stroud. Jordan Love, I think, is a very polarizing quarterback as well. Um, so you've already got it's that neat. starting baseline, but then, yeah, you have this almost like Illuminati esque identical box score, which it's just crazy. Um, and yeah, you get a lot of conversation out of it. And I, you know, the biggest thing that caught my eye from all of the reactions and I, you know, I kind of 
took the bait and had some tweets about it. And I had a lot of good, <laughs> good conversations with a lot of people, believe it or not, on Twitter. Uh, you do this what? long enough, you know how to. What are I know. these good conversations on Twitter you speak of? This is wild. <laughs> I know. You got to search through a lot of weeds to find them. But <laughs> one thing I really started to realize was that there's just a lot of a lot of things that people don't understand about what's going on here and why these things, uh, why these grades um, come to the way that they are. And I don't think J.J. Watt's helping that, by the way, by just, <laughs> you know, going on the Pat McAfee saying you can take your grades and shove it. You have no idea what you're talking about. Not really opening any dialogue about the entire thing at all. Um, and, you know, J.J. Watt has forgotten more about football than you and I will ever know, but I don't think he's taking the time to understand what PFF is doing. Um, but a couple of the big things that I noticed that I think a lot of people don't understand is number one, a 78 grade is, is a very good grade. It's not like high school math class where a 78 is a C plus, right? It's not like, like that. A C by PFF is a 60. A C plus would be like a 65. 78 is like a B plus, A minus, and then they open the door for these elite grades too that are like your S grades, if you will, which is kind mm -hmm. of the territory Jordan Love got into. So I think there's also this reaction to, oh, it's a 78 as if that's a Madden rating or a high school math grade, and that's just not the case. Like CJ Stroud played a damn good game, um, but there are some circumstances, which I broke down in the video, like, mm -hmm. you know, 100 of his yards came on, dump downs and screens, two touchdowns there. Um, in addition to what PFF does that uh, riles a lot of people off the, up, that's the turnover worthy plays. He threw one right into two defenders that easily could have been intercepted. So there's a lot behind the box score that really makes Stroud's performance look a little bit worse than it was. Um, and it's not that Jordan Love didn't have uh, more gimme throws. Like he had the wide open throw to Luke Musgrave that I talked about in the video too. Um, but he certainly had a little bit less of the more, let's just call them gimmies for lack of a better term. Um, that helped his production, and he also didn't have the big like mistake that could have led to an interception. So it sounds like what you're saying is when grading uh, two players, it's basically it's a it's a it's a performance grade, but it is not indicative of who had a better game. It's maybe who who made some mistakes that really didn't cost their team, or maybe who made some unbelievable throws. Uh, as opposed to maybe a guy just there was he he never had to make an unbelievable throw right maybe the defense was just so bad or coverage was uh, was not there so he didn't have to make that mm -hmm. unbelievable throw and vice versa in that like you said uh, 100 yards came off of two plays my argument on that when I saw the pro football guys talking about CJ Stroud's numbers and and you mentioned one of the dump downs and. That was the right play, though. That was the right throw. If you go back, and this is the one, and I never claim to be the X's and O's guy. I, I love football. I've, I've talked about sports for a decade, but I don't watch all 22s like you. You know what I mean? I don't break all that mm -hmm. stuff down. But I went and looked at it because they were showing it on screen, and and honestly, and I had the picture, but of course, tech problems. I wanted to throw it up there. I mean, that was the right yeah. read. That was the only receiver open on the play. And so, but so from my perspective, as I feel like maybe in that kind of grading system, he's getting dinged for making the right read. He's getting dinged for doing what a quarterback is supposed to do, which is take what the defense gives you and let your playmakers make a play. Because I'm curious, and I'll make this a two-part and you can respond to all this. Does this happen with guys like Tua and Brock Purdy when they dump it down to Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel and, and Tyreek Hill? Is that is this is this all kind of the same? Yeah, so I mean that's yes, it absolutely does. 
one thing that's really cool about PFF is they have hundreds of eyes on these things. The amount of people in, and I've been in there, the amount of people on these chats and working on these games and the communication, there's a lot of hands on deck for these. And there's a consistent, like I said, the 400 page rule book, they're doing this all off the same template. And that's a template that they have worked every off season with NFL coaches because every NFL team pays for PFF data. Uh, they pay a lot of money for PFF data. So they're working to try to make this as good as possible every single year. And they have the ability to go back and anybody that's seen PFF ultimate at use, which is not PFF premium, which you can pay for the public ultimate is what the NFL has. And this is where you can literally search for, and, and PFF will do this internally, take the CJ Stroud um, screen mm -hmm. or, or not the screen, the, uh, the floating dump off that went for 80 yards. They can search play action uh, off platform um, to the, you know, throwing side of like the, the strong arm side of the field, less than five yards um, and, and just look at similarly graded plays and make sure that they're doing this all consistently. So it's a lot more consistent than people realize. Mm -hmm. um, and then to the other point of that about like he's being dinged for making that play. I think what PFF would tell you is that, you know, I, I made, I'd said a 60 is a C they're saying 60 is an expected performance is how they're looking at it. They're looking for the quarterbacks that can, and, and you will get a little bit of credit for a play like that. Um, in the video I talked about, he gets a, a plus half grade, which I haven't yet gotten into how this works with, you know, it's a plus two minus two scale. There's so many things going on. Um, but PF, uh, uh, Stroud does get credit. He's, for, in my opinion, he's getting a, a, about as small of a credit as he can get uh, for the kind of off-platform, making the right read, dumping it over the top of the defense. It's a perfectly fine play. And throughout the course of the game, he is going to have other opportunities to make two graded throws, two and a half graded throws that will get his overall game score up to that 85-90 mark, just like we saw with, with Jordan Love, but the same amount of dropbacks in the game. Um, so it's you're not getting dinged for it. It's actually elevating your overall score. Um, but they're also not going to – like they're, they're what they're really trying to do is capture – Who's really elevating their offense? Who's who is bringing the highest level quarterbacking play to the table? And they want, you know, like Stroud's uh, big completion to Nico Collins would probably be a plus two and a half because he is playing in structure. He is reading the defense under pressure, you know, about to get hit, lays it out there. It's a beautiful throw. They want that to show up as a much better play than just rolling out, dumping it over the defense. And I, I would agree that that's how you should probably go about that. Do you, do you uh, I guess in uh, part of the and that's a it's a really good explanation um but do you understand or because I I think I sympathize or maybe empathize with the players and the point that JJ was making in that hey look some of this stuff if if coaches don't know or if it it can cost guys money you know what I mean and part of his point was it's kind of dangerous and reckless if we're not having a deep, deep dive conversation like this, right? You're just walking, mm -hmm. watching, or I should say Joe Bob is just at home in the trailer with a six pack of Schlitz watching NBC football. And he sees that, you know, uh, CJ Stroud is rated as a 70 and might go, eh, I told you that kid was going to suck because he doesn't understand the nuance of the grading system, which 
to JJ's point, now you got the, you given the fans uh, the opportunity to vote for for All Pro or Pro Bowl, and that just starts to affect money directly. Uh, do you understand that? I mean, because that's I get that, and I think that's their bigger complaint. You know what I mean? If this was just for conversation, or if this was all done behind the scenes and given to coaches and never made public where it could and does affect a player's pay, I think that might be kind of different. Is is there that? Does pro football focus understand that, or are they just like, hey, we do what we do, man? I I think there's maybe an example or two of that, but I would actually argue there are 20 to 1 examples of guys getting paid because of PFF these undrafted free agents that can point to good game grades and say, Hey, I started this game. I got picked up off the street. I did my job. Look at my grade. Um, it helps a lot of college athletes that their, their college grades are showing through. It helps them get brought to the, to the force forefront, not just from NFL teams, but the draft analysts like me, you can look and say, Hey, let's, let's random dude at Montana at a 94 run block grade. Let's go watch the film and see what's going on there. I would argue it makes people a lot more money and that the grades more often than not are a lot, just accurate grades that are showing reflection of good play. Now there are examples where the grades don't look great, but that's where the PFF ultimate comes into play. And if you're Legereus Sneed and you're heading into free agency and your coverage grade is a, I don't even know what it is, like a 62 or whatever. Um, that's where the NFL teams considering signing him that aren't just going to sign him off his PFF grade can actually go in to PFF ultimate and look at his negative graded plays on the season. Um, and, determine for themselves were these were, was, were these properly credited to him um were, were these you know zone miscommunications that may or may not have been his fault or was he just lining up one-on-one getting worked so yeah i i would heavily counter with those points to jj watt um and i think those are pretty fair and i think that's a good point too and i was watching uh there's a there's a guy who does he evaluates quarterbacks each game and uh i for his I, I want to give him credit. I should totally do that. Um, Are you thinking of um, QB school? Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah. Uh, why can't <laughs> this shit come I, to me? I love. Bro, I'm uh, the worst at this. I can hop on I YouTube know. and look it up while we're talking. But um, he he was he was evaluating because that's when I went I went first there to look and was like, okay, what is? Let me just take out all like the gradings and stuff like that. Let's just see how he evaluated CJ Stroud's day. And he really was more talking about the fact for that one particular dump down play, which netted 80 yards was it wasn't so much that it wasn't. I mean, it was it was a pretty uneventful play. And I think they made the point on PFF that it should have been a 12 yard play. And it's kind of what he said. He just said it different because he was saying the Browns coverage and and lack of pursuit. And just quite frankly, giving up on the play was awful. It was atrocious. Somebody's probably going to lose their job on that one play. And he was calling out names. He's like, look at 34, just loafing. And look at, look at 93. He's big, but he's not. And it was like, and, and so you see that and go, oh, okay. And I know that that doesn't factor in necessarily, but that's how also it can affect the grade. You know, let's, yeah. let's, let's be real. If the Cowboys secondary plays better overall for an entire 60 minute game, as opposed to a Brown secondary who isn't playing well, it ends up making Jordan Love's job harder. So when he succeeds, it is more difficult to do so in those circumstances. And I think that's kind of the the point of mm -hmm. PFF. 
Jay oh, Taylor Sullivan, by the way, it came. To yes. Me. Oh, dude, it's it, yeah. it's it's a really cool channel. He does He's a lot stuck. of good breakdowns. Uh, but one thing he had said was there was, and this was one of the plays where I think he probably got a minus CJ Stroud in particular was the deep ball to Nico Collins that he missed on by a, a couple of three yards. Nico had beat the safety, caught him flat footed. And you can see, I think CJ Stroud threw the ball before Nico was even past the safety. He mm. just knew because he's like, all right, I can see my receivers back and I can see the, the front of the jersey on the safety. This isn't going to go well. And uh, he throws the ball and it was a couple of yards overthrown. And what the, the QB school broke down was he said, I, I don't know for sure, but it kind of looks like Nico was jogging a little bit here for a yeah. moment. And that also could have affected the completion of this play. Are you saying that that PFF ultimate allows coaches to go in and, and look at that and go, oh, that's why Stroud didn't re- complete that play because he's exactly right about about for five or 10 yards. Nico kind of shut it down a little bit. Yeah, they can totally sort through every, you know, you can the, the amount of filters they have on that thing are, are incredible. And I'm still um, just crying that someday they'll <laughs> release that that software to the public. But yeah, they can go through and look all of his incompletions. They can look all of his throws under pressure. They can look at his negatively graded throws. They can look at anything. Um, so yeah, it's, and that's why we see, uh, you know, like, like the play sharing around the league and the schemes getting passed around. You'll see a game at, at noon, um, you know, be replicated on, uh, you know, the next day. Cause or, or that night. Cause it's just like all this information is just processing so quickly. And PFF ultimate's a huge part of that uh, within the league. Well, I listen. I know you got to get out of here. Uh, I don't want to keep you too much longer. Um, it, I, there was oh, there was one other uh, thing I wanted to ask you about, but uh, oh well, we'll try to get you back again. How about that? That would be good. Thank Sounds you for great. doing this on short notice too, man. I wanted to get your thoughts. Um, uh, what, who do you got this weekend? Uh, go ahead and give me all four picks uh, for this weekend. Yeah, I heard you uh, commiserating before I came on. Uh, I also had a bad week last week after uh, been a pretty good year for me. But um, <laughs> I think it was a tough one for I, everybody. I, I think the spread's too big for Houston. I'll start there. I think yeah. I think it's gonna be a great game. I came real close to uh, you know taking taking the Texans to win this one. I mm. I have a like you know how you can like have a teaser where you can have like an open spot. And like you can reserve it to make a pick later. Uh-huh. Um, I got my my Bills teaser got wiped, and I forgot to remake it when they rescheduled the game. So I have a I have a free six point teaser sitting out there, um, oh. still alive with my Chiefs. So I think I might throw that on Houston with like a fifteen point teaser. I, I like oh, that. That's or, nice. Uh, yeah, in Houston. Yeah. Um, but uh, ultimately, I would I would expect the Ravens to win. I think it's just it's a lot to yeah. pick against that team, but I wouldn't be stunned. Um, Green Bay is my team um, very familiar with them getting annihilated by Kyle Shanahan offenses. So uh, <laughs> Joe Barry has been the spotlight of a lot of conversation in green Bay. Um, not expecting him to keep up this run of a uh, great defensive play. If they do, I got to love what the Packers offense is doing, but uh, I would probably lean towards the Niners winning and winning fairly handedly just because I still don't fully trust the Packers defense against that team. Um, and then you got, I mean, Chiefs Bills to me is just a coin toss. Like I won't be betting that game, but I will definitely be enjoying it. And uh just comes down to which quarterback I think avoids mistakes and makes the biggest plays. And then uh what's what am I forgetting here off the top of my head? We got uh oh Lions, Lions Bucks. Yeah. Um I I'd take Lions, Lions in that one. 
Yeah, that's that's interesting. I I think we were looking at a, at a title games of uh, Ravens, and I, I'm just not going to bet against the Chiefs again. I, I thought the Dolphins had a chance to go in and mm-hmm. capture magic, and I didn't take into account the the weather and some of the injuries. It was just a stupid pick on my part. So I'm like, yeah, I think I'm going to roll with, with Mahomes and, and my auto <laughs> until they prove me wrong here. Uh, so, yeah, I'm kind of with you. Lions, Niners, Ravens, Chiefs. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Bills won. Um, I remember what I was going to ask you. One more thing. If you have time, if not, I could totally, we can do this later. Sure. If you got two minutes, one of the yep. things that I thought was interesting that I did not know this just cause I don't, I try not to get too bogged down in blogs and all that bullshit, but, uh, I, I saw something interesting. Bobby Slowick, the, mm-hmm. uh, OC for the Houston Texans. Everyone in this town loves this dude. Everyone is like, please, they're, they're praying that nobody gives this man a job. We just sat here and talked for almost 30 minutes about pro football focus. I don't think a lot of people out there really know or understand that during his coaching career, Bobby Slowick took a three-year hiatus and went and worked where, Marcus? A little company called... uh out of Cincinnati called pro football focus. Isn't that weird? <laughs> yeah. And I thought yeah. that was super interesting and he was very complimentary of the process and the people and what he learned and getting a different perspective and view of the game as a coach and as a coordinator and, and planning an offense. And, and I thought, that's eh, interesting because I guarantee you there's going to be, there, there's other opportunities like that for guys to end up in coaching coming from something like that. So I think there's yeah, more and, to and it. There's two sides to every story, right? And, ahead, and another sorry. thing I've seen so much of is people like, oh, PFF loves to stand on their pedestal and tell you that their grades are perfect. I was like, no, they don't. They literally are very open about the fact that there are flaws in the grading process. It's as good as we've got. It's a lot better than just looking at a box score. And it's Maybe also not imagine. just about the grades. It's <laughs> yeah. all of the smaller analytics and the PFF ultimate tool that I talked about. And um, you can you can ignore the grades entirely and still learn a ton uh, about PFF by all of the other stuff that they track and do. It's not just the grading process. Yeah, that that and that's good to know. Um, uh, and, and what do you say though? Because the the one big argument is, well, you guys don't know everything that's going on in that play. You don't know assignments. Mm-hmm. You don't know what the what maybe what the the hot read was. You don't know you know who was supposed to. So you don't know. You can't. You can't, without that knowledge, you can't grade the play. Yeah, I mean, that's a valid criticism, and there's only so much you can do, right? But um, you, you, I would say the examples where those lead to an inaccurate grade are pretty slim. Mm. Um, at, least, at least with quarterbacks, wide receivers, defense, like defensive linemen, like some positions are a lot easier to know what their jobs are than others. I think PFF is very open about like their coverage grades do have their flaws because it is very difficult to know, especially on like all these like pattern matching zone coverages, like Mm -hmm. specifically what the rules were. And that's why, again, they're very open. Like our coverage grades vary year to year. They're not very, um, they don't project well for future performance. And anyone that spends time with the grades are well familiar with that. But with like a quarterback, you know, I don't know, 99% of the time what the concept is. You pair that with where the quarterback's eyes go after the snap. You get a very damn clear picture as long as you've done some research or in PFF's case have read a 400-page rule book and gone through a, you know, 80-hour, 200-hour training process. You know, like, in general, what the assignments are. And, again, the, these this whole process is – 
involving players and coaches trying to get the best of it. So yeah, there's valid criticisms there for sure. But um, again, it's, it's the best you're going to get in terms of trying to grade these plays. Well, I hope this makes Houston fans feel a little bit better uh, about their sucky quarterback. Uh, (laughs) Marcus, man, I appreciate you. Tell the people how they can find you. I've got the at TFG underscore football on there on Twitter. Uh, What's the best way they can find you consume more of your content and uh, keep up with you. Yeah, I mean, you just check out the the video I made about all this. It's uh, over on that franchise guy on YouTube. I think you guys will enjoy it. It's not a it's not a Stroud versus Love debate type of deal. It's just trying to take take as uh, as objective as a look as I could at the whole situation. And if nothing else, it's just a really fun look at uh, both these incredible young quarterbacks balling out. Uh, so yeah, it's over that franchise guy on YouTube. I have posted it, uh, the link a second time in the chat. So if you guys want to click on that and watch it, you can absolutely do that. Uh, hey, man, I really appreciate you doing this on such short notice. Let's uh, let's do this again. This was a lot of fun for me and super informative. And I'd love to have you back and we can talk more about grades and hell games themselves. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Barry. All right, man, Marcus. Thank you so much. That's Marcus Whitman, everybody. That uh, is that franchise guy. And uh, I thought that was good insight. That was you know, it's one of those things where when I saw JJ, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you start to understand, hey, you know, there's two sides to every story. Let's get another side from somebody that maybe knows about it. And uh, let's see. Let's see. And what I what I will say about uh, the Pro Football Focus guys, at least the, the, the videos and the things that I've seen from them is that a lot of them are like, yeah, we know this isn't perfect. We're not We're not trying to say it's perfect. Uh, we're doing the best we can, and we're open to criticism and improving the process. And then I think, though, that if all you see is J.J. Watt being like, it sucks and it costs players money, and we hate it, then it's okay, well, help us fix it, right? And I think that's what Pro Football Focus is saying and, and continues to say is, well, help us fix it. And J.J. Watt's like, no, because you're going to cost players money. And it's like, well... It's still going to be used. You know what I mean? I mean, this is the era of analytics. So I don't know. Uh, I, I just, I, I, I wanted to get his perspective on it. And, and, you know, I, I like that he kind of addressed some of the things that JJ said. I also like the fact that he kind of talked about the process. Um, it, I think a lot of us feel like that it's just a bunch of guys in a room going, ah, no, that's not good. When it's actually much, much more detailed than that. Uh, Christmas Chan used to say, did they help us fix it? Uh, did the help us fix it come with a salary offer? <coughs> JJ ain't working for free. Yeah, that's a good question. But I think what they're saying is um, it's being used anyway, right? Like coaches like the service. That's why they're paying for it. And what he was calling the pro football focus ultimate. So if the coaches are paying for it and using it, and ultimately using it to grade and judge players because they go into the PFF ultimate and start breaking down, hey, look, we're a, we're a Tampa 2 team, and this guy will run a Tampa 2 and this, that, and the other. Just, he doesn't perform well. Well, if that's not accurate because of whatever reason, then come forward and help us fix the system. Come forward and say, hey, uh, you got to take this into account. And and one of the things that I was thinking about that I didn't want to throw out there because we're not trying to solve the world's problems in one day, but it was like maybe, if at all possible, uh, you could upload at the very least just basic assignments or 
you know, some of the, okay, yeah, we set up in this because, and this guy's responsibility was this, even just to improve the coverages. And maybe that's giving too much information away about your scheme. And I, I get that, but that's just one example, right? Is maybe you just say, all right, when we, at the end of a game, Maybe somebody tracks every play that's called, right? They're on a one-way comms and they can hear the play call. And so they don't record all the information, but they definitely say, all right, this was the this was the hot read or this was the uh, check down or this was whatever it is at a very high level so that you get that kind of information at least baked into the process, which can only improve the accuracy. So I don't know. I mean, that's not my realm. It's not what I do. I don't know all the ins and outs, but I certainly think like most things, if cooler heads prevail and people can get to the table, there's, there's a way to solve it so that it does exist. Look, nobody likes to be graded. <laughs> Even if it's good, you're still going to stick up for your, your boys and, and you're still going to look out for the guys that aren't getting just grades. Nobody likes it, but that doesn't mean that it's necessarily going to go away. You got two choices. Just be mad about it or try to fix it or try to help fix it. And I mean, Chris said, Hey, you know, he doesn't want to, he's not getting paid. Well, but then don't bitch about it. If you're not willing to offer up suggestions on how to improve it, what are you bitching for? I mean, the coaches obviously like it. So, Nonetheless, my, my uh, appreciation to Marcus Whitman for coming on. Uh, that franchise guy. Uh, tons of good stuff. Here is, here I'm going to put his Twitter in the chat if you want to interact with him, be nice. I put the YouTube video that he had um, up. I'm going to put his channel in the chat. There you go. He's got a ton of great content. So if you're a football dork, like me, go check it out. Uh, go give him a go give him a like and a follow, and uh, yeah, let him know you appreciated him taking some time to chat with us on Barry on Deck. All right, let's get to it. We've got about two, 15 minutes left in the show, so let's get to the uh, the picks as you will. So first, what I want to do is we'll just go straight up who I think is winning. And then we'll get into what the laminator 5,000 has to say about it and who the, uh, who the, who, who I've suggested uh, based on point spreads and whatnot that, that if I were gambling and I will wager on some of these uh, who I think will win. But uh, in this case, this is just straight up picks who I think is going to win by one or a hundred doesn't matter. I just think that at the end of the day, when the clocks all say zeros, this is who I think comes out winners. I think the Ravens are going to beat the Texans. Uh, I've said it already. I wouldn't be shocked if the if the Texans beat the Ravens. I wouldn't just be flabbergasted and bowled over. But it's going to be a, a tough hill to climb. There's certainly not a seven seed going against the one like the Packers are. And the Texans are a good football team. But the Ravens might be the best team left in the playoffs. In fact, they are. I'm just I'm just saying it. Right now, the Ravens as we know them are currently the best team in football until somebody beats them. So, uh, I went ahead and just went Ravens on that. Um, Chiefs, Bills, you know, not just because I, it was just to avoid going chalk with all the higher seeds, but it's like I was telling Marcus, I'm done not believing in Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. I'll tell you that dang much. 
Um, road schmode. I'm not worried about that. This is just one of those things where he's got the experience and the upper hand, and until they beat him, until Josh Allen and company are able to get the best of Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, I'm going to go Chiefs on this. The spread is two and a half, which just tells you, and that's Buffalo's the favorite, so they're just getting the customary. So this is a very much a pick 'em game. Um, from a players, from a play perspective, so give me the Chiefs on the road, man. I and it, it won't surprise me if they do it again. Now, when it comes to Chiefs Ravens, it's gonna be tough to pick against the Chiefs. I mean the Ravens in that regard, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Over in the NFC, I took the Niners, um, despite being impressed with and him being part of the narrative and conversation with uh, C.J. Stroud. Jordan Love has looked great, but I just don't know that he's got the firepower um, or the defense to stop the Niners, and that Niners defense is really good as well. So uh, see the Niners rolling in that one. Lions-Bucks is going to be interesting. I had, of course, um, a really uh, interesting... Let's see. Do I still have it? Oh, I do. Here we go. This was kind of dope. Um, things are getting a little testy already in the in the Bucks slash uh, Lions game or, or leading up to the game, I should say. Um, CJ Gardner Johnson said, if you gave Tampa Bay a good QB, uh, that's a great group. Evans, Godwin, Gage, that's a great group. That's a direct shot at Baker. Not even saying Baker's good. Didn't say a great QB, which means, yeah, Baker's good. He said a good QB, which means Baker is mid. So Baker kind of clapped back. He's like, I don't think he's really watched film because he mentioned Russell Gage. We, We love Russell, but Russell hasn't played a snap for us all year. So, oops, Baker going to have a chip on his shoulder. But end of the day, I think Baker's going to Baker. I just don't believe in him. I'm sorry, Alec, if you're still here. Just not putting my faith in Baker Mayfield to get me to an NFC title game. Um, not that Jared Goff, uh, you know, I mean, although he's played a lot better lately. But just, man, there's some mojo behind the Lions and Dan Campbell and Another home playoff game for Detroit, so cool for them, cool for the fan base. So, yeah, give me the Ravens, the the Chiefs, the Niners, and the Lions to advance to their respective conference games. So we'll be looking at a matchup of Ravens-Chiefs in the AFC and Niners-Lions in the NFC. That'll be a lot of fun. And not chalk. You get a couple of three seeds versus a couple of one seeds. That ain't too bad. You're definitely not getting a one-two matchup in the NFC. Thanks a lot, Cowboys. But you still could get that in the AFC. So uh, so there you go. Those are my just straight up, as John Wesley went straight, meat and potatoes picks um, for who I think wins this weekend. And uh, by the way, if you didn't know, here are the games. Uh, Saturday, Texans-Ravens is Saturday at 3.30 on ESPN. Uh, the, the evening game on Saturday over in the NFC is packers at the Niners at 7.15 on Fox. And then on Sunday, it's a 5.30 kick for the Chiefs-Bills. That'll air on CBS. And then over in the NFC, the Sunday afternoon game is 2 o'clock 
and that is Bucks versus Lions. So NBC at 2 o'clock on Sunday, CBS at 5.30. So there you go. 3.30, 7.15 Saturday, 2 o'clock, 5.30 on Sunday. Rando-ass uh, um, times and kickoffs, but around this time of year, that's that's what you get. All right, let's get to my uh, the Laminator 5,000 picks, and then we're going to go ahead and get out of here. Um, real quick, let me pull up NFL schedule. And, um, yeah, I wanted to make sure cause I saw somebody, I think it was D Mata posted in the discord about, Hey, if you can't, you know, if you need the games on CBS, because they're running it on Paramount, this is how to get it. And it's like, whoa, 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 wait, wait. So we're doing this again. This is also going to be streamed. Apparently not though, unless it's the next round. Let me look at the conference championship. Yeah, so conference championship is CBS and Fox on Sunday, Jan twenty eighth, uh, and then yeah, okay, so we good, we good, we shouldn't we shouldn't lose any coverage based off of that. So there we go. All right, I uh, got that. I didn't get to the Philly fan dumping popcorn on Sirianni. Wanted to do that. Didn't get to the mock draft. Uh, didn't get to the video of Pro Football Focus responding because again. Lost a lot of my shit when VMix uh, cratered on the show earlier, so my apologies for that. Uh, and I even had a video that I saw on Twitter, which was really dope, of D'Amico Ryan's uh, calling out. Jared, thank you for the 100 bits. D'Amico Ryan's calling out um, um, a, an interception opportunity that came through. But we just... I probably don't have the time. Let's get through the Laminator 5000 picks. and if And if we do... Uh, we'll get to it. And, and let me just say thank you to everybody that sent in bits during a rough part of the show. Um, let's see. Two hours ago. Homer Astros fan, thank you. P. Rand Dizzle, thank you for the thousand bids. DJ Maddie, thank you for the 69 bids. Poor Marine, thank you for the two for the thousand bids. Jared, thank you for the thousand bids. Poor Marine, thank you for the 500 bids and the 400 bids. That's crazy. CC, thank you for the 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 bits. Jim on Sports, thanks for resubscribing on Prime for 21 months. Uh, Jared Taylor, thank you for the 100 bits. Amos, thank you for the 100 bits. Uh, let's see. CC, thank you for the 2 bits. Mimi, thank you for the 25 bits. Uh, Sean, thank you for the 400 bits for four shows. Thank you. I was... I wanted to rage quit, Amos. I ain't gonna lie. I was if we didn't have a guest today, I probably would have rage quit and just went and cried and curled up in a fetal position somewhere on a cold bathroom floor in the Laminac Manor and cried. Um, but we powered through. Uh, so thank you guys for that, Jared Taylor. Thank you for the hundred bits. Much appreciated. Um, poor reason, guys, I didn't mean to make jokes about that. Barry did not like, I apologize. I felt bad. Didn't realize, uh, no, it's, it's not that necessarily that triggered me. It was the kid joke. I don't even know who made it. And I, I don't want to know. I don't want to know who made it because I don't want to, I don't want to hate their guts. I wouldn't hate their guts. I'm not going to hate anybody. It's just that the, the timing is everything for those. I've made jokes about the kid debacle. Timing is everything though. And you guys know that I pour my heart and soul into this. And when shit goes wrong, especially on a day like today, it is just, it, it, it guts you sometimes. It guts you. And then just feel like it's being mocked in the chat at the same time. 
it's not cool. It's not cool for me anyways. I mean, it, like I said, I hope the giggles were worth it, but it, it can sometimes be super defeating and depressing. So, uh, and I love you, buddy. Poor Marine. I, I again, I don't want to. I don't even want to know. I just. I. I don't even remember who was making the jokes about what. Is just. <laughs> I do remember seeing Christopher Mina be like, guys, don't don't be a don't be a dick to Barry. Yeah, do that. Do that when there's problems because I promise you, this is this is tough enough. You know what I mean. So, all right, let's get to the Laminator Five Thousand. Um, the way I have this done now is you can look at the bottom of your screen there and instead of just throwing up a spreadsheet with a lot of numbers that really you can't make any sense of i wanted to make it look a little better perhaps um and make it look a little easier so there you go in the center of your screen uh this is all the laminator 5000 information the ravens are a nine point favorite at home against the texans and the over-under on this game is 44. The spreadsheet, the Laminator 5000, suggests that the Texans should score about 19 and that the Ravens should score about 24 to 25. So if you'd like, you can round up both teams and say 20 to 25, or you can say 19 to 24, whatever makes you feel better. Um, but Vegas thinks that the Ravens are a nine-point favorite. And what those two scores mean, that 19.3 and 24.6, is that the spreadsheet thinks that the Texans will put up 19 and the Ravens will put up 24. And what that means is that the Ravens should be a five-point favorite, not a nine. And that's why the, the Laminator 5000 says take the Texans and the points. So you're basically getting nine points, which would make this a final of 28-24. With the spread. They lose straight up, but with the spread... They would uh, they would win, win you some money at least. So that's where that comes from, and I tend to agree. I don't think the Texans are getting blown out in this. At least I hope not. This is not the old Texans. This is a new franchise, essentially, it feels like. So um, I haven't all year believed in these guys like I should. I haven't. I let my um, scarred fandom lead. <clears throat> but I'm just going to go ahead and, and, and have some belief. I don't think they'll win. But I think they can cover. I don't think they'll get blown out. I don't think this is going to be 24 to 3. My God, if this ends up 24 to 3, I'm going to be so angry. But yeah, I could totally see this being 24-21, 24-17. yeah, give me the 9. I'll take that. Uh, also, spreadsheet says the over-under on this is 44. If you add up the numbers I have on screen, um, that is... 43.9. I mean, we are right on what Vegas is saying. And that's always how I know we don't need to adjust the formula too much. Is if 24.6 plus 19.3 that you see on your screen, if you add those up, 24.6 plus 19.3, just in case I didn't do my math wrong, uh, we're predicting 43.9. Vegas says 44. Now, keep in mind, too, Vegas is going to come up with a number and then move it a little bit because they want to make money. But we're saying 44. Vegas is saying 44. And it's at this point one under. The spreadsheet has to give you an answer, so it says under. I'd just stay away from it, but that's just me. Hey, Jim on Sports, thank you for the compliment and the 69 bits. Jim said, Laminator 5000 looks sharp. Well done. Thanks. I'm trying to, you know, trying to step this up. I want this show to look as professional as possible. 
Lord knows it doesn't operate professionally. Lord knows that things don't go smoothly. But hey, at least if you're going to watch it, you could laugh a little bit and uh, the visuals look good. At least, I hope. All right. Next up on the Laminated 5000, uh, Packers on the road at the Niners. Niners a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Remember, this is the uh, the evening Saturday game. Packers a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Sorry, Niners a nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, we think the score is going to be about, again, 20 to 24. Niners would have about 24 to 25 points. Packers would have 20. Similar to what we saw with Ravens-Texans, if you're giving me the Packers in almost 10 points, okay, I'll, I'll take that. That's a lot in a playoff game. A lot, a lot. We just saw what the, the Green Bay Packers did to a good Dallas defense. And they didn't play good, but they had all year. And on the road to a great Dallas home team who hadn't lost all year, 8-0 at home. And they went out and they, they handled their business. So maybe you believe in LeFleur enough at least to take the points. I certainly do, and so does the Laminator 5,000. Because if you add 9.5 to that point total, that's that's 29.5 to 24.5. That's a dub from a money perspective. So both me and the spreadsheet are in lockstep on this one as well. Vegas says the over-under is 50.5. And And not so fast, my friend. Uh, In fact, I don't think I changed this right. Yeah, we're saying 44.7. No, I got it right. We're saying these two teams put up about 44, 45 points, which is well under the 50 and a half. So the spreadsheet says take the under. And quite frankly, that's a pretty significant difference. So if you're believing in the spreadsheet, which, by the way, for over-unders has been right well over 60% of the time, and you're looking to bet an over-under, maybe that's a good one to hop on. Uh, All right, next up, Lions at home against the Bucks. The Lions are a six and a half point favorite. I don't know why I don't have the minus there. I screwed that up, but they should be a six and a half point favorite over the Bucks. Um, spreadsheet says Lions score final score is twenty three. Bucks final score is twenty two. That's how close this is, according to the numbers, according to the spreadsheet. Right. The over-under, Vegas says, is 48.5. Laminator 5,000 says take the under because we think they're, they're this team's combined are going to score the 21.9 plus 23.1, which ends up being, what, 45. So 45 is less than 48.5. So take the under on that as well. It's a pretty significant difference. Maybe enough to throw down a unit. Take your unit out and put it on there. Um I differed with the with the spreadsheet and the formula and the numbers on this one. Laminated to 5,000 just strictly based on numbers, and that's it, says take the six and a half and the bucks. Lions are hot. Lions look good. They're riding high. Now, of course, it could, they could Detroit all of this and come crashing back down to earth, but I'm feeling it, man. I'm feeling the Lions and Dan Campbell, and uh, I think absolutely – we could see the Bucks. I mean, the Lions win by at least a touchdown. The numbers don't say that, but damn the numbers. I'm going out on a limb on this one. So I'm giving six and a half. Pretty dangerous, but I'm giving six and a half and give me the Lions. I think they win by a touchdown. So, so there's that. And then lastly, uh, probably the best game or what, what should be or could be the best game chiefs on the road at Buffalo. You can see bills favored by two and a half over under is 46. Get those out of the way. 
But we think Bills score about 22, Chiefs score about 20. So Laminator 5000 says this is a 22 to 20 game. Mm, go figure. Vegas says it's a two and a half point game. We're at two. Pretty close. Laminator 5000 says go ahead and give you the Chiefs. Uh, uh, go ahead and take the Chiefs and the points because it's close enough that they may not win, but they should cover if it's going to be close like we think. And I tend to agree. I'm picking the Chiefs straight up, so why wouldn't I take some points? All right, so give me the Chiefs two and a half. Over-under is 46. We predicted it would be 42. So that means take the under. So literally all four of the playoff games, the Laminator 5000 says, take the under. And if it hits, hell, that's 60%. That, that's two for two, two out of two. If you're rounding, eh, you ain't making money doing that. So maybe, uh, maybe pick which one you think is best. All right. Cool. All right. Um, the under seems like a good bet, said Spoon. Whoa, my unit is too fragile. Gotcha. Um, give me love and the Packers, said Titan Hugo. There you go. There you go. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Titan Hugo said, so far since Lamar has taken over the Ravens or the Cowboys or the AFC. Well, we'll see. You know, look, man, I will say this before we get out of here. A lot of times, dude, there's something to be said for maturity, right? Titan Hugo's, there's something to be said for learning um, how to win. It doesn't always happen right away. Sometimes you catch lightning in a bottle with a guy like Patrick Mahomes, and sure, you come out and you just win, 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 no matter what. And then sometimes you get these guys have to learn. Uh, Lamar Jackson's an MVP. Um Maybe this is their year. I don't know. We'll see. I certainly think they got a better than average chance of beating the Texans. On to the next round, Chiefs or Bills. It's obviously going to get more difficult. So, all right, there it is. That is the show. Four shows today. I mean, this week. We, we, we did it. It was not a pretty show. It was not a good show. Other than Marcus Whitman coming in and doing a fantastic job. Thank you again to him uh, for supporting and, and, and being uh, amicable and uh, uh, moving things around a bit so he could join the show. Uh, I'm going to try to chop that up for him and get it to him. Thank you guys for uh, the support, the bits, the subs, and uh, putting up with my attitude. It was... Uh, I. I I'd love to be the guy that never shows you the frustration. He's not that guy. Uh, And I hope none of you took it personal. I love you all, and I know how lucky I am to have you. Doesn't mean I'm not going to have bad days. Doesn't mean I'm not going to get frustrated. Doesn't mean I'm not going to be honest with you and tell you when you hurt my feelings. Because it can happen on occasion. Uh, But it doesn't change my uh, appreciation of you all everybody so thank you uh for supporting the show i hope you enjoy the football this weekend i hope that your team wins unless it's the ravens sorry shock uh other than that man uh have a great weekend stay warm out there don't forget on saturday at 9 30 on cw 39 here in houston Myself and Jerome Solomon, no just sell this week, but myself and Jerome Solomon bring you uh, Sports Saturday on CW39. And tonight, from 6 o'clock to 7 o'clock p.m., myself, Jerome Solomon, ESPN Radio, it's called Game On. Join us because we just bullshit for an hour. 
All right, I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. I'll see you tomorrow. Be safe, be kind, and love each other. And uh, let's see. Do we have a, do we have anybody to read? Oh, Jim's going live. I'll send you over to Jim again. Uh, let's see if we got him. Nope. All right, I, let's, I'm going to type in the word sports. What comes up on the sports era? I don't believe you, Mira. A lot of hoochie mamas in the sports category. Not buying that for a second. All right, let's just get out of here. Eh, don't move to rate anybody. All right, uh, I, I appreciate you guys. I will see you all on Monday. And if I don't, I get it. You're mad. It's fine. Love you guys. Bye. Daddy's making a YouTube video.